Martin. Blair. Episode 35. 35. We did it. Yes. Yes, we did. Here we go, Cardin. Okay. So to start it off, uh, mm-hmm. you you being the guy, you're, I think, across the board, you seem to be more up on the news than I am. So yeah, certainly. You, you had to have seen the latest hubbub on the UFOs. No, I didn't. And the government? I've been in, really? I, I, I got to admit, I've been in an Olympics wormhole a little bit. Really? Really? Yeah. Well, we'll have to talk yeah. about that too. Well, the, it was kind of a, it was kind of a non-factor thing again. Yeah. Um, and talking about uh, the admittance of the government to say, yeah, they're out there. Um, and they, the report, they, they obviously been getting some heat from the report that was pretty anticlimactic. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think they're, they're, they're going, they're delving in further, but they did admit that they, they brought back that UTIP program, which is the, you know, the government's version of the, see something, say something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Unidentified <laughs> yeah. aerial phenomenon, UAP yeah. program. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, they, they had, uh, they just, you know, I guess basically people are starting to really, really want more answers. And one, and I, you know, I wish I would have wrote it, written it down, but when they interviewed one um, senator, he was talking about um, footage that they have that hasn't been released that's high resolution. Because that's been one of the criticisms of a lot of the stuff that gets put out for public consumption is it's all, it looks like it was filmed with a potato. Well, yeah, exactly. exactly. It's all green. And you can see it kind of here. It almost looks like a triangle. (laughs) Well, okay. Now squint your left eye and then kind of move back and forth a little bit and you'll see it. It's kind of triangular in shape a little bit. Yeah. Especially you're getting this off of what, like, you know, Navy ships that well, that's the technology like, on there is the best technology yeah, we have exactly. in the nation. And they, they got exactly. like a, like we a, a VHS out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you pop this in the VHS and see, uh, you'll see. Well, the that, was, there for sure. that was the big criticism. They're like, okay, if this is all high tech, why does all the, like I said, the, the film looks like it was filmed with a potato, but <laughs> yeah. anyway, yeah. they, they confirmed that they do indeed have high resolution footage. They just are not releasing it. So that, oh, that okay. kind of goes, so, and why? Mm. The question is why, right? I mean, what's the purpose? If it if it's not well, showing anything, then they it should have been released already. You know, well, are, I at this I point, what are they hiding? I I well, that's a good question, and I I think it has to do more with um, they're trying to figure out what it is. I, I think honestly, at this point, a lot of it has to do with strategy against the USSR and China. In right. other words, yep. we don't want to give them any information that they may not already have. Well, right? and additionally, we don't want to cue them in on anything that would show that we're aware of, of stuff that they're doing. Yes. If we think that it's something that could be yeah. against, you know, national security, yeah. then we don't want to yeah. say, Hey, look, we got video and we're yeah. studying of your newest, whatever that you think. Right. Is, well, you know, well, and that's, you know, the, 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 a lot of people have to say, you know, and before we start talking aliens, let's talk, other countries, which of course, right? certainly, yes. Um, however, the the fact that th- these things are defying the laws of physics, you know, I don't, you know, the Russians have never technologically been ahead of us, you know, and yeah. the Chinese, I I don't remember instances where they're technologically, especially milita- militarily, ahead of us. So well, that far ahead, you know what right. I mean? Like the, the that, that they're, they're showing on there. They're, that, yeah. that I mean, we're showing we're light years ahead of us to where yes. we're going. The yes. physicists are going. Well, that's impossible. That's yes. that's a that's a drastic leap. 
Yeah. So anyway, it was, it, it's not a lot. It's not like a front page, but um, it's still out there and they're, and they're talking a lot about it and people are inquiring. And and the interesting thing is that the politicians are not just brushing it off anymore, right? They're, yeah. they're actually talking about it because they know. And, and I think after the, the that last batch of videos that got released uh, by that filmmaker, um, they have some explaining to do because what it clearly shows is these things are operating around highly sensitive U.S. military installations, right. yep. and we can't do anything about it. Yeah, and and they I mean, flat out. Have, yeah, totally. You know yeah. the 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 video of the the that destroyer off the coast of California that's surrounded by them, and right. they they couldn't fire a shot. They can't do anything. So right, and I think also you know what it's become a if I can say it like this, it's become a political crowd pleaser. I mean, in the face of everything else that's going on, to I, I'm sure that a politician is delighted to talk about UFOs yeah. <laughs> because there's not much good else that's getting put out. And so yeah. to be able to talk aliens for a little bit, for sure. <laughs> well, that Mark Ru Marco Rubio talked about it, which was kind of interesting. But they had 60. Did you happen to watch the 60 Minutes special? No, no I didn't. I didn't. I, I didn't either. I've got to. I watched a clip of it. But they had a pilot on there off the... I believe he spent most of his time flying off the East coast. And he said, this is his exact words that over the course of over a year, it happened every day. See, that's crazy to me. That's, every that's crazy. day. You can't, how could you shrug that off? That's exactly. Crazy. You can't shrug that off. They showed radar um, where it showed like a dozen of these. See, and, and, and that's what that, the, the most recent report, the only thing that was really, I would say gleanable that had value was the fact that now we've gotten to a point where it's not just a single sighting. It's not just one detection. Right. We're seeing the exact same thing on multiple different radars and also being seen by uh, the human eye as well as what we yeah. have out there. So there's yeah. multiple sensors and multiple systems that are picking up the exact same thing, yeah. which makes it at this point, you know, there's no way you can refute that it's you out there. Refute, it's just yeah, what, it, exactly. what is it? Exactly. So that, that's the big question. But um, okay, so moving on. So yeah, the, the Olympics, not as exciting as UFOs, but yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know what? Uh, honestly, admittedly, I have not been watching them very much. Well, you know what, Blair? I'm going to, this this is going to come to a shock to you, but I think watching it this year, I've I finally decided that I'm probably not going to be an Olympic gold medalist. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, well, uh, I, I think I, 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 yeah, I don't know. You know, I'm 32. Um, <laughs> I think they had a swimmer on there that was 18. There's a skater, uh, on there that's 12. And I, so I think I've just missed it. Maybe. No, 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 no. The, the, I know, the, uh, I know. The gymnast from, uh, I think the Ukraine, she's 46. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. See, oh, she, and she's done. Age. And she's done. This is it. This is her last one. Yeah. And yeah. she came out and took a bow. I was actually, yes. I did watch that. Yes. yes. Okay. So there you're saying it. there's still time. Now, <laughs> yes. all I got to do is figure out my event and then I'm all well, Okay. So I think this is a conversation that probably happens a lot when the Olympics are on. If yes. I was to go into the Olympics, yes. whether it be Winter Olympics or Summer Olympics, uh -huh. what event would I personally have the best chance at meddling. And yes. I was always convinced it would be the winter Olympics with the, um, Oh, I'm going to forget. What's the, the, the little Catalan? What's the no, one? The, 
No, no, the little steam pot. The luge. You the You're ice. talking about the luge. No, the, little, the, the little steam pot that you want the ice. It's the rock on the ice. Oh, what? God. Oh, you're talking about curling? Curling, yes. Thank you. The oh, little my steam gosh. Pot. It's the it's rock on the ice. Figure skating. The little steam <laughs> rock. So thrown off. It's like when you said Winter Olympics, I was like, where could you possibly be going with this? I had no steam, like, no, no the curling. Thank you for curling, rescuing yes. me. But yeah, cur- I think curling would be the only real chance i would have at making i I mean i'd have to practice and i'd have to work yeah well of course yeah you'd have to you'd have to yeah yeah Yeah. i'd you Uh, know probably the 100 meter (laughs) (laughs) i've got a little bit to work on kind of i my start's a little rough and my finish is a little rough but in the middle i'm super slow so i've just got some things that's right well you know what you know what at least you're not kidding yourself that's true and there's time i got time 45 (sighs) well well, listen, uh, so uh, we have a, a guest tonight, and this is going to be tying in with our, we're doing a, a multi-series episode of mm-hmm. or episodes. With last one we did was on new home construction, Yep. Um, and tonight we have a guest, and he's going to tell us a story of life on the front lines of, uh, you know, buying a house in today's market, which is insane. Right. Um, Drew Sawyers is going to join us tonight. Hello, Drew. Hey, how's it going? Good. Thank you for coming on. Yep. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, absolutely. So, pretty so Drew, to follow up the UFO. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Topic. What do you think, Drew? Yeah, yeah. You know, that's interesting. What do you think about all that? I, I, do you follow it at all, or is it just something you kind of read in passing, uh, or is it something you have an interest in? So I could take us down a fun rabbit hole with that one, but I'll, I'll yeah. just, uh, I'll leave this out there for future discussion at the very least. Uh, I read a book that we'll call it a little fringy and, uh, they cite this thing called the iron mountain report. It was written in 1968 by a group of academics and they talk about the three major ways to bring about uniformity of thought purpose and uh and in more devious circles uh more uniform forms of government Mm -hmm. and in that iron mountain report the three major components of that would be a environmental catastrophe a worldwide pandemic and a um extraterrestrial threat and so yeah yeah this yes. is 1968 i don't know if you've ever yeah, heard of I it like but it's a super interesting pdf that you can actually go and read and so it was written by a bunch of academics and, i am uh, googling it right now because i will yeah for sure yeah so there's your and, and that's that's about as much as i feel comfortable yeah. <laughs> speaking because beyond that it's like i'm not an expert in that field nor do i have uh but but everybody has kind of thoughts you know what i mean i i I fully understand you know that that none of us are experts on it and i i pride myself in being a uh i i I don't rush to judgment i really do try to rationalize and use common sense and stuff but but like so many people and so many of of you know like we're seeing these pilots and all this stuff there is no easy explanation for any of this, you know? Yeah. Um, and that, and that's kind of what I think really frustrates people is people are like, well, if we don't know what it is, 
you know, why, why doesn't the government just tell us, you know, why, why the secrecy? Right. And then yeah. that just opens up more, you know, questions really. Yeah. I guess I probably don't have much of an opinion at this point. I think I'm going to be super excited to find out what they end up concluding and, I think it'll be super interesting to watch the slow <laughs> leak of videos. And, yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, well, it'll be well, entertaining. Okay, so on the home front, on planet Earth here, um, <laughs> uh, you know what? You can what, t- tell us about yourself, Drew. Um, just give us a, a quick bio and stuff and let us know who you are, and, and then we'll talk about your experience buying a house. Yeah. So I am 28 years old. I work for a sports medicine and rehab company doing engineering and supply chain work and i am married been married for a year and a half and actually we're coming up on two years here in a month yeah we'll just call it two years and my wife and i have been uh, living in apartment life enjoying the flexibility that that provides in terms of location and uh, recently got to a place where we just uh, we're pretty much done with apartment living mm-hmm. and uh, went ahead and dipped our toes in the house buying world. And uh, there's a lot to tell about that story, but that's a real general, general background. My wife's an occupational therapist, so she helps folks out with neuro-related spinal cord uh, style injuries. And so mm-hmm. between me doing sports rehab engineering and her doing occupational therapy we kind of get to play around in the medical field and and help folks out in those ways that's awesome so so tell us about the now you you live outside of dallas okay yes yes so tell us about the market in dallas the real estate market in dallas so when we went in and spoke to our real estate agent plus what a little bit of precursory internet research had shown me everything is about 10% over asking price. And so when you go in and you view a home, you know that you're probably going to make an offer 10% over list. And then on top of that, we were told that you're going to need to waive your market appraisal. And so, you know, for those that don't know, that basically means whenever you get a loan, the loan folks have somebody come out and determine that the house is actually worth what they're going to loan you a percentage of money for and waiving that in pretty much any other period of time is stupid uh, to put it lightly. That's no, no one's going to be congratulating you or patting you on the back for waiving your market appraisal. But mm-hmm. that is at the moment, the price uh, of entry, that's, that's the bouncer. You've just got to be willing to waive that, because the housing market is that insane right now. And so the folks with the money that are loaning it don't want to risk uh, a bubble bursting or uh, the real estate market falling. And and obviously they want to protect what they've put in. So that's the, that's the barrier to entry. And on top of that, we were told that housing prices are going to be, just kind of whatever someone's willing to pay for it. And mm-hmm. I remember when my real estate agent said that, I thought, what, what do you, what does that even mean? Like what yeah. someone's willing to pay for it. And they're like, yep, that's exactly what I mean. What you just said, that's what I mean. I said, that doesn't make me feel good at all. <laughs> and she said, 
that's probably the right response. But if you want to buy a home and you want to do it in this market, then that's kind of the, that's your ticket. That's how you, that's what you got to go in knowing with eyes wide open. Wow. That is incredible. So waving, I want to go back to the, the waving of the appraisal. Yeah. So how, how did your, your, the realtor that you were talking about frame that conversation for you? Because I know that right away when they say that to you and when I hear that, I go, okay, well that's insane. Why? Right. You know what I mean? So how was that framed by a realtor? And then how does that actually get put into practice? So my, my next question, I guess, after she told me I wave it was, okay, so whenever we put in an offer, you know, what, what are my statistical odds of, of that coming in, you know, just even relatively decently? And she said, it's, you know, we can run, you know, comps, as many comps in the same neighborhood as possible. That gives us an idea of kind of what the high, the low bid is going to be. And then she also framed it from a, Hey, you can obviously ask, or excuse me, you can obviously offer the list price. Uh, you're not going to win. She mm-hmm. said, you can offer what we would consider a competitive price. And that's going to be somewhere in the five to 7% over asking. Um, and then she said, if you just really love it and you, you're thinking, this is it, like, I want to win this. You just need to go ahead and be thinking 10% over. That's, that is how I would be thinking about it. And then she tells me a story about some other clients that she's had. She said, we've got a few clients that have, you know, done 10% over listing and then they meet market, they meet their appraisal and it's all good. And she said, I've got folks that are trying to buy homes in the 250 to 300 range and they'll get their appraisal back and it's 20,000 under appraisal. And it's Mm -hmm. just devastating. It's like, well, that's, that's game over. (laughs) I mean, that's not even, yeah. So that was how she framed it. She just said, this is the risk and we can do our best with, with market comps to come in with good numbers and do our best. But that's the coin flip you're, you're currently dealing with. Wow. That's uh, that's insanity. It is. It is. So, so Drew, um, mm-hmm. as far as like, um, uh, supply, how's yeah. the supply? Is there a lot of homes for sale down there or is it, is it getting hard to, you know, really get a good sampling of, of homes? So supply is super low and, there's a lot of reasons for that. I mean, if you're in a home and you just saw its value shoot up 20 to 25%, there's not a lot of exciting reasons to go, you know, try to go buy another home because you're about to go pay 20 to 25% over what it should be or what it would have been. And then I think the combination of working from home, the remote job stuff has obviously pushed a percentage of people into probably a more settled state. Of well, I'm going to be here, and man, I know even the remodeling stuff is going bananas right now, and so I think that's a big piece. I think other people don't want to get in the market, and then I think anytime you have a pandemic, like buying a home, selling a home, you're you're adding and inviting instability into your life, and so yeah. I have no doubt that there's even just a psychological factor of man, my home is a a place of stability. It's a place that's mine. It's one thing that I don't want to change. And so I think that's a big, 
probably psychological piece as well. Mm. How, how, uh, how fast are houses going? Oh, if you want my timeline and this is not unstandard, it listed on a Thursday, we viewed it on a Friday afternoon and it closed on Saturday at 5 PM. Jeez, not even 48 hours. Huh? It was, yeah. and, and, and Drew, how mm-hmm. many, how many offers did that same <laughs> house have in that, in that short time frame in two days? Yeah. So the house had 47 offers on it and yeah. And we were not the high bid in case you were wondering. Oh my gosh. That is yeah. In, in 48 plus hours, that yes. many, that is unreal. It, well, I mean, that thing had to yeah. be getting shown one after the other, after the other, after the other. You know. Oh, yeah. We had a private yeah. showing for 5 o'clock to 6, and there were six other people that were just like, yeah, nah, we're going to go ahead and just go in with you. And like, well. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I guess All this right. is happening. So. Yeah, I mean that wow. was you know our our private viewing was actually a six person nice. viewing. Nice, <laughs> it's just not uh, even real life. Uh, yeah, that's honestly that's uh, not it's un- unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, oh, man. And and you don't have to tell us numbers, but mm-hmm. what was the winning bid as far as now a percentage? What what, mm-hmm. what was what did you have to offer? For the sake of for the sake of making it easy, because I'm going to end up just slipping and giving you numbers anyways, I'll just go ahead and tell you. So it listed at 335 and the bid that we put down was 4025. So, so we were 20%. Yeah. 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 And you weren't sure. the high offer. And we were not the high offer. <laughs> oh, yeah. How, how did you, how did you end up winning? I mean, yeah. Oh, so here's the part where we're going to, we're going to blend relational and some faith and some intellectual stuff. And we'll have plenty to play with and pick apart. But, uh, we, we got done with our viewing. So we, we went in, I guess I'll give you a little more background. So we had done two previous weekends of home viewing and we'd kind of been budgeting and been thinking anywhere from 350 to 450 was our range. Okay. And we viewed homes everywhere from 350 all the way to 425, 435. And I just remember walking out of them, you know, driving through the neighborhood. And I, I just thought, realtor, I'm like, these numbers don't make any sense to me. Like, this neighborhood is great and this one's bright, but the house is terrible and it's at 375. Then we go to one, you know, a block or two over and it's, you know, 400,000 and it's, you know, in shambles. And then we go to another one that was 425, but had, you know, significantly less square footage, but it's a little nicer and is a, you know, subpar neighbor. I mean, it's just, it was all over the place, nonsensical. And so she's like, yeah, this is the market. Like it's what people are willing to pay for it. And so we had seen what we felt like was a fairly, solid number of data points in terms of neighborhoods and homes. And so when we saw this one and we saw it listed at 335, we looked at the pictures and we're like, well, that, that looks a lot more like the 425, 435 homes that we were kind mm-hmm. of playing around with. And so mm-hmm. then we went and looked at it and the kitchen was updated, hardwood floors, incredible neighborhood. And 
in the exact neighborhood that we wanted to be in. And we kind of got done and I was like, well, I don't get it. Like, why is this one 335? Because this is the, the <laughs> nicest yeah, one we've right. seen and in right, the best right. neighborhood we've seen. Right, and right. our realtor looks at us. She's like, so this one's really unique. Uh, they priced it 10% under what they should have priced it at. And the reason they did that is I think people at this point are somewhat forced to think in $50,000 increments. And so by placing it under, you know, 350, I think they got a absolute boatload more offers than they would have otherwise. And so, yeah, she said if she had listed the house, she would have listed it at 365, which all of the market comps that she did later that night indicated that a 365, 370 listing price would have been the the right comp. And mm-hmm. so with that being said, then 10% over that would have put us right around that 4025 number. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, and I guess you asked about how did we win? Yes. Yep. Yep. Okay. So we, we're pretty convinced we had a great agent. <laughs> so for anyone in the Texas area, Marcy Barkemeyer was our agent. She was great. And she told us that there were 15 different components to a bid or a contract that she can, you know, use to stand out, which quite candidly, I don't know what all of those are, but I know one yeah, of them is like a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. one of them was like the option period you can negotiate on. Some of the earnest money, obviously waiving the market appraisal, all of those are components. And then there's other things that I'm sure realtors that speak the same language can look at and say, Hey, that's really, that's really spot on. Um, so there's the kind of realtor side. And then the interesting relational faith blend here. Um, so you write a letter like this is pretty standard now. Like you write a letter to the homeowners and basically kind of giving your resume of why you'd be a great person to adopt and buy their home. (laughs) Oh, this is kind of this. We have to pause here because I I think that this is so, um, this speaks volumes to what the market is right now, Mm -hmm. isn't it? That this is a, a part of the, the buying process of not only are you looking in the market to buy a house, you are selling yourselves as people in order to be the yes. next person that's going into a house. You know what I mean? That well, I think that is yeah, so fascinating. Yeah. Oh, it's unbelievable. It is. I mean, you're, you're literally trying to best these other people by being... You know, you're kind of guessing, well, what do you think these sellers want? You know, but my niece had to do that um, in Montana mm-hmm. a year and a half ago. Same, same scenario. It, the letter writing. Um, yeah. and I, don't, I don't know when that all started. You know, when, when the, you know, like you said, Drew, the resume part had to accompany the offer. I, and, and they're I, like, I, yeah, I, it's, that would be an in, a fascinating study to find when that came about, how that maybe they, they people started realizing there was some traction in this. People like mm. the story. They started getting picked. And all of a sudden now <laughs> every bid comes with a letter of yeah of merit almost. You know, it's it's so fascinating to me that that's well, a part Drew, of the market right now. It's like so, paying for a job interview. Well, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yep. I, I was going to say, Drew, just just kind of 
take a little uh, sidestep here yes. and, and tell us the process of you and your wife sitting down to write that letter. Because I'm like Cardin, I'm fascinated with how, how'd you go about that? All right. So here's the, here's the fun part. And uh, there was definitely some prayer going on uh, in the midst of all of these bids and these house viewings. And one of the conclusions my wife and I came to was that we needed to be bold in our letter even if it meant, you know, the stuff we said wasn't necessarily going to, uh, quote, resonate with the sellers of the home. And I definitely mm-hmm. did my best to, like, Facebook stalk the sellers nice, and find their names. Nice. You and, did like, your market research, of course. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I was like, who's my audience this. here? Who am I, yeah, right? you got, am I pitching yeah, myself? Of course. Exactly. You'd be crazy not to, for sure. Yeah. So a uh, big part of my wife and I's story is that we actually met in a 12-step recovery program. And so it wasn't actually specifically tailored to, let's call it alcohol specifically, but it was general 12-step recovery program. And so we met during that, and that's been a big part of our story as a couple. And big part of uh, our journey just as uh, folks who were doing their best to follow Jesus uh, in the way that he did life. And so we looked at each other and were like, hey, we just need to be bold. And when we did the house viewing, there was nothing to indicate in that house that, you know, that we were going to get a favorable, you know, folks that have a favorable view on faith and life and things of that nature. But mm-hmm. we just felt like we needed to be, needed to be bold. And so we did. So we wrote and just kind of did a, Hey, you know, Drew and breath. We're uh, met a couple of years ago. I'm an engineer. She's an occupational therapist. Uh, I actually told the, how we met story that we met through a recovery program and then I uh, talked about, you know, we kind of got a little sappy and talked about, you know, wanting to start a family and have little ones and kind of envision them playing in the yard and going down the street to the park. And then also just oh, talked yeah. about the yeah. folks uh, that we're doing life and community with and, you know, the community that we're currently serving in. And so we kind of plugged away on that point as well. And then my last line to him was just a real simple, hey, this is a crazy time. And we know you guys are probably going through your own process on the other end, trying to buy a home. And so we just really appreciate you taking a second to look at our offer and consider it. Wow. So awesome. that was the, that was the letter in short. Yeah, that's short. incredible. I mean, you, you, you bared your soul to these people. Yeah. Really. I mean, truly you did. I mean, you did. Yeah. I mean, you know, not to over, over dramatize it, but really, I mean, you, you opened up and, and told them, I mean, you certainly wouldn't do that to just a, a casual encounter with people, mm-hmm. you know? Well, um, it, it blows yeah. my mind how it's like, um, it, it changes the home buying experience, right? Because now in the midst of you, like the craziness basically that goes on with buying how homes, right? You, yeah. I hate to even say opportunity, but you really are given this opportunity to sit down now with your spice, uh, spice with your spouse. Me. And, <laughs> she can be spicy uh, sometimes. That's all right. That's fair. Yeah, whatever. Okay. That's, oh, there you go. But you get the opportunity to sit down and say, basically, okay, why are, why are we doing this? And why are we making this choice? And what is the reasons? You know what I mean? Yeah. And that, I, I just find that so fascinating, not only for like the housing and the market and everything like that, but what it does relationally for you to come oh. back to square one and be like, okay, well, why is the, why is this the house? 
that we want? Mm-hmm. You know, what what are we going to put down on paper? Like, right. what does define right. us? And I, I think that's all. I mean, it's kind of cool, right? I mean, it's great relationally. I think in the yeah. midst of all the chaos, to kind of get back to that that zone that that defines why you're doing what you're doing. It's really cool. The internal reflection piece, especially, is that was a fascinating part of the process. And for instance, my little brother is single guy doing really well, lives in Fort Worth, which is the neighboring city to Dallas. And he's actually looking at getting in uh, and buying kind of home that he'll eventually flip to a rental, but he's actually got a completely different mindset, not completely different. He's got a, uh, a more focused mindset on financial optimization. Right. Mm-hmm. And so he's willing to, wait as long as he needs to. He's willing to look for the right deal. He's willing to probably bear more in terms of inconvenience than my wife and I are. Right. So there are just certain things about, uh, I think being married that seem to not matter as much when you're a single person and they matter a whole (laughs) lot when you're a married person. (laughs) Things like, Hey, does this neighborhood feel safe? Right. And my, you know, single 26 year old brother's like, I think the markets and the numbers look good. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Right. You're yeah. in a different spot. What's the elementary feeder schools here? For, um, yeah. yeah. Is yeah, there right. a park? Right. Right. How many families, how many vans are in the driveway? You know, stuff that you just like never would ever think about. Oh my, no, not at all. It's yeah. And so definitely on the internal reflection piece, like you, you actually are making two different decisions and you're making them at once. You're making this. Okay. Am I making uh, not an optimized financial choice, but am I making like a good financial choice? Like right. it would have been right. awesome if I had predicted a worldwide pandemic a year and a half ago and had bought the house before then, right? Like right. Yeah, that right. would have been excellent. Everyone would have been way more excited for me, but <laughs> that's not where we're at today. I didn't, I didn't foresee that coming and we are still looking to start a family and we're right. still looking to move forward in life, if you will. And, you know, in some ways, a home is a place and a space for us to do that. And so, yeah, it's, Card and I had talked about that on the last episode is my, my personal um, feeling with building and designing homes is exactly that, that you're, Mm. it's not just a place of shelter. It is, it is so much more than that. You know, it's your security blanket. It's this, it's this refuge. It's this. Mm you know, it just, it is so much more than just shelter. And yeah, I, I mean, the process you're going through. Well, one thing I want to point out too, just, just for kind of conversation's yeah. sake, imagine being those people, Oh mm. man! you know, I mean, hard to think letters. about that. Yeah. You yeah. get these letters and they're all, you know, you have to think that most, if not all of them took it serious. Sure. Know? Oh yeah. And, right. and so you have to sit down and as a seller and, and read these stories and you literally have to pick somebody, right? You can't, you can't sell it to them all. I mean, you know, I mean, again, not to over dramatize it, but think about that. If, if those are good people, which I'm assuming they were, that could not have been easy. Oh, definitely not. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine the, the anxiety and, or even just reading, getting down to five, making a choice and then yeah. and having that thought of, well, you know, how could you not think about the four that didn't? You know what I mean? Mm, so, yeah, absolutely. that would be that would be tough. It'd be it'd be really that would be really hard. Yeah, that would be tough. <laughs> I'd be afraid somebody'd come up on the sidewalk like two years later and go, "Hey, you know what? 
You know what, buddy? I was uh, one of those like, letters. Uh, yours was the one signed in blood, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I remember <laughs> after we didn't you. Get your house, my wife left me. I got fired. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> my oh my gosh, yeah. You did this to me. How could you? Uh, I mean, that'd be my luck. I'd be like, uh, okay, but the other guy had better penmanship. I'm Just, sorry. Yeah, I can read it. Yours I couldn't read your letter. Yeah. I couldn't read it. It was terrible. Uh, it was the first my my profession is engineering and it's the first time in a long time that i've read like or written a personal letter to someone and i thought all right let's pull everything i remember from high school english on how to write yeah you gotta you gotta represent um okay okay <laughs> so so you've taken us through the process and and the realtor um has kind of i mean Obviously, I'm going to guess your realtor's been 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 at this for a while, so she's a seasoned veteran, right? Yes. This. And I like how the fact she was, you know, very upfront, like, listen, if you really want this house, here's what you're going to have to do, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you guys submit the offer. Yep. And how long did you have to wait until you were told, um, yep, you got it? So the last offer had to be in by five my wife and I went to dinner and at 6:45 we got a text saying that we'd won the house. Whoa. And what was hour that and like? 40 Oh man. Uh disbelief. Yeah, right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean it's a weird it was a weird feeling you're kind of like really? Like we're we're such the oddball. That was the only offer that we put in. We've got every other group of friends that we know that's in this market. I mean, they've put in four or five offers. So got the text and she said, Hey, you've got a five day option period. It's yours. If you can take it down to a three day option period. And we're like, well, we've seen enough houses. We liked that one. The neighborhood's what we want. I guess we'll just go ahead and figure out how to do our option period in three days. And so Practically, that means the inspector needed to be there like that day. Yeah, <laughs> I right, mean, that's right, the, yeah. that's how that translates. Uh, so we get that text, and then she sends me uh, another text, and she says, "Hey, uh, read this. I just got this back from their realtor." And so this is the the seller's realtor, and the seller realtor texts and says, "Hey, uh, read that letter." And it sounds like he and I have quite a bit in common. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. I wonder what he means by that. Well, as it turns out, he had actually sold a house to a a couple friend of Beth and I's, like a really close friend of ours. He had sold them there, the house. He had actually texted those friends and said, hey, I'm looking at offers from a Drew and Beth Sawyers. Uh, They wrote a pretty interesting letter. Uh, Can you verify? Can you verify what they said is true? And so this, yeah. So this couple uh, is like, yes, like whatever they wrote, absolutely. We can verify, (laughs) we'll confirm. And so we ended up timestamping that text exchange and it closed it. So the house closed, the offers closed at five that text exchange happened at six with, you know, the other realtor and our friends, all this unbeknownst to us. Right. Yeah, right. And yeah. then we hear back at six forty-five. as it turns out, 
that guy had actually, and I, I don't think I've got this wrong. I think he'd actually gone through a similar style recovery program that my wife and I had gone through. Really? So wow. talk about a interesting full circle uh, moment. And I told you that we were not the high offer. Now right. we were yeah. one of the top three offers and I think we had a very favorable contract. And so absolutely all the, you know, as much credit as need be needs to go to that. But we also have no idea, you know, we, we don't know if it was a thousand dollar decision and he just kind of pushed ours up in the top. We don't know. Right. We don't know what happened, right. but right. super interesting, super well, interesting. Absolutely. That's incredible. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That's uh that's uh, so there's uh, the close <laughs> in, in the back. Yeah. And to, I was going to say to lean on the faith aspect of it, you don't say, yeah. well, that's a coincidence. You know what I mean? That yeah, it's not uh, coincidental for sure. That's that's incredible. <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah, yeah that's it's... incredible. So, so Cardin, did you hear? Did you hear how Drew, uh, the way he framed that when he said they were told, he said we won the house. I know. I mean, you just paid <laughs> a lot of money for a house, Drew. You yeah. you win the lottery. You. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it sounds like almost a lottery. I mean, that's almost what's I happening. Mean... Think about that. In yeah. two. A little bit over 48 hours, you have 47 offers, 47 letters. I mean, really, I mean, obviously not lottery odds, but gosh, it's it's like the lottery at this point, yeah. isn't it? It's, it's crazy. Absurd. Well, just the mindset of we won, we won, you know, I mean, that truly it's, and I'm sure that's exactly how I would feel, you know, because oh, yeah, it was 100%. a competition. You got 47 other people that you're competing mm-hmm. against. No, that's insane. Yeah, so I mean, you did, but it is, you, it is, it it has felt like a competition. Oh, it, the worst, the worst type of competition. <laughs> right, oh, right, right. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So you uh, you get yeah. the house, um, and 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 do you end up? Um, you you said you had a bit of a an appraisal portion to it as well. I know you weren't actually doing the appraisal right as a part right. of the contract. Yeah. So we. Um, we sprinted through the inspection inspection came back with nothing, you know, nothing tragic, nothing. It's a deal breaker. And so we moved forward. We put our earnest money down and then we were supposed to, I think we, the offers closed late June, like the 20th of June or something like that. And then they were not going to be out of the house until July 16th. And so the appraisal actually did not get finished up until July 8th, the week before. And I had really not been, I hadn't really thought about it a whole lot uh, because we basically offered the suggested market comp value. Mm -hmm. Um, We, you know, when we decided, whenever our realtors said, like, how much do you want to offer? I was like, well, like, just show me the numbers and, you know, give me a chance to think about it. And, you know, we waffled back and forth. We really loved it. And so we went higher than we should have. And then we eventually were like, no, 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 like, let's be, you know, safer. And then we went lower. And then we finally just said, you know what, forget it. Like, we've got a good realtor. This is what the numbers are suggesting if we want to do a winning bid. And let's just do the number that got put in front of us. And if we lose it, we lose it. If we win it, great. And so that's how we decided on that number. And then we felt like by doing that, we at least gave ourselves a shot at hitting our market appraisal. Mm -hmm. And, 
I'm not sure if you guys talked about this, like how the market appraisals work, but basically they take the block of neighborhood that you're in and they see what uh, homes in that area within the last three months have sold for. Mm-hmm. And they adjust right. for square footage, they adjust for bathrooms and bedrooms, and they adjust for level of updatedness. I think that's a word. And then they kind of come back and say, hey, here's your adjusted market comp value. And by doing that 4025 number, we felt like we were going to be close to our market appraisal. So we were happy about that. And then um, about three days before we were supposed to actually get that market comp back, uh, I, I started getting nervous again. And I started mm-hmm. thinking like, I like, man, we're in such a cool place where we can do this financially. Like we're just, we've been super blessed in that regard. And, you know, we could technically uh, afford to take the market appraisal blow if it was not good, but man, like uh, you want to talk about like relationally, like you want to go back to the relational piece. Mm-hmm. I, I started having some serious internal problems and ended up even like breaking down in front of my wife. I'm like, Hey, I just, you know, wow. I think we did the best we could, but I'm also feeling super nervous about this market appraisal and it not hitting and the numbers not, you know, uh, coming back favorably and us having to put a lot more cash down than we had planned. And, right. and quite frankly, just feeling like not being a good financial leader for my wife and I. And sure. so it actually yeah. hit at some weird internal identity things like, Hey, like I'm a numbers guy, like I'm an engineer, like I don't lose on calculation. Yeah, I don't, yeah, lose. but you're also 28 years old. I mean, there's not a, you know, Drew, there's not yeah. a lot of 28 year old people in this position. So, I mean, I, it seems like you put a lot of weight on your own shoulders to me. Well, and in, in addition I, yeah. to you want a house and this is yeah. the, the mark, you know, this is the market <laughs> yeah. that you're given, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and it's, right. uh, it's part of that too. It's just, Hey, that's, this is the market right now. And, and you could have gone below, but guess what? You're, you're not going to, you're not going to have a house. It. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're, yeah. you're not going to have a house. I mean, that's, this is kind of, you know, that's the, the reason the market is indicating what it is, you know, there's, there's well, well, that would have been, there's no that way around been, it. Right. Yeah. And that would have been the ultimate rug pull, right? Mm. You won the house. Oh, your appraisal was 20,000 less. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean that, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. You, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. Been really it's like a, It's like a weird, like, here's your trophy. Also, here's a gut punch to go with it. <laughs> yeah, like right, that's exactly. the, yeah, yeah. For, yeah that's uh, like the, certainly. Yeah. And so, you know, we, we had another moment relationally of like coming together and Hey, you know, her being kind to me and saying, we made this decision together and we're going to, we're going to move forward. And we're just going to trust that regardless of what happens, like, this is a good thing. Like, this is not a bad financial decision and we're going to be good. And so she was a, she was a rock in that moment for me. That's awesome. And then, yeah. And so we eventually found out two or three days later, uh, that we had uh, gotten our appraisal back and that we had missed and we had missed by like five to $7,000. And when the loan folks told me that it was really funny because I could tell from her voice that she was super afraid of what I was going to say next. And on my side, I was 
I was ecstatic. I was like, I only yes. missed it by $5,000. Like this <laughs> <Right>. is, <laughs> right. oh, this is great. Like I'm, I'm so pumped. I, I had in my mind, we were about to put another 20,000 in and right. we were just not right. really excited about that. And, uh, I said, well, okay, so that's better news than I expected. What do we do now? And she said, well, you know, you can obviously accept it or you can ask for a reappraisal and submit uh, another house for comparison. And so I did what uh, good engineers do best. And that's, I went back through the massive page of documents and I went through all of the numbers and all of the adjustments and, you know, double checked square footage and did all of that fun stuff. And then found uh, another house or two that we could use for our comparisons. And I mm -hmm. came back and I was like, Hey, like, I think if we switch this out with this one, excuse me, switch this house with this one, then I think we're going to hit our appraisal. And so they uh, got the houses together, resubmitted it, and ultimately the appraisal company came back and said, "Hey, uh, we can't we can't reappraise." And the house you submitted that would have gotten you there, it sold like two or three days outside of the range it needed to have oh, sold in for oh, it to be used as a cost. Yeah, of course, of course. yeah. I was like, that's. That feels about right. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. There you go. There yeah. you go. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. Eh, yeah, that was kind of the final. That was the final pony up moment, and right. um, yeah. So yeah. So, but I mean, so you guys that at, at that moment you knew you could afford the difference mm -hmm. in the appraisal. Yes. And yes. you guys had officially won. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's that's incredible. Um, so, uh, you, you know, you, you had told me beforehand that there was a lot of, you know, there's a lot of factors that, um, mm -hmm. went into that particular house. You know, you talked yeah. about, and, and we've talked about it here with Carden too, is, you know, the, the school district and the neighborhood mm -hmm. and a lot of that stuff. Um, you know, how willing were you to, I mean, did you have like, uh, this like top three that you were not going to bend on or, or mm -hmm. with the market, the way it was Drew, did you guys have to just kind of be flexible, you know? Oh, I'd say a combination of both. I, the school thing is probably not as big of a deal. We don't have kids yet. And we, you know, that's probably a five to six year out uh, sure. problem. Yeah. And so we just yeah. decided, Hey, that's not where we're going to, we're not going to focus. And the other part that was really important to us was the neighborhood. Um, and we weren't really to bend on the neighborhood. And then we, man, I think that's probably like the one thing. And so my wife is, uh, has a real good sense for, you know, what's safe and what seems like it's going to hold value. And we've really liked the established neighborhood feel. We like the trees. There's a park and a little pond next to the neighborhood we're in. And so mm -hmm. even that, that was kind of a, there were some big external things about this house specifically that were like, eh, even if we don't hit all the things that we want, there's some good external things. Right. So I would say, yes, if you'd asked me a year and a half ago, we probably would have budged on very little. And today, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, today we were willing to budge on quite a bit. Yeah. Right. Of course. Yeah. 
Yep. Now, did you, uh, I, I know you talked about, um, I, I, I find this piece interesting too, that it's just, it's a massive, it's a massive thing. There's uh, mm. so much stress that goes into it. There's yeah. the sitting down and, and kind of doing the initial negotiations of kind of, okay, what are you looking for in a house? And here's what I'm kind of looking for in a house. And what do we mm. agree on? And what are the differences? How do you feel like your relationship is and now mm. after the kind of process is, is done? I would say a lot better now than it was on the front side of it. <laughs> right, right. Um, I, I would actually say right now, like overwhelmingly we feel tired. It's not as exciting as an answer of like, yes. we're super pumped and we can't wait. Like we are like, we're excited and well, sure. we're no, definitely looking forward to it, but like we're exhausted and yeah. I well, think, in, emotionally, right? I yeah. mean, it's such an emotional roller coaster, the, yes. the whole process. Uh, and, and emotionally, I'm sure you guys are just exhausted. Mm-hmm. No question. And then right now we're, we're actually still in our apartment. We won't move in until uh, probably mid-August. And we've got some work being done to scrape popcorn off the ceilings and, and do a little bit of painting uh, and carpet. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. now we're enjoying uh, living in an apartment, but having a house and pseudo managing a project at a house we don't live in, but knowing yeah. that that's the better thing to do than to get all of our furniture in and try to do those oh, projects. So yeah. uh, I can speak from experience. I did all the, <laughs> I did all the popcorn ceilings and every single ceiling in the house that we moved in after we, a year of being moved in, you're doing the right thing. You yes, just know definitely. that you're 100% doing the right thing. <laughs> That, yeah. that, that makes me feel good. I yeah. really appreciate that. 100% you're doing the right thing because that is a messy, messy thing. And then, then put on top of that, you're trying to like cover everything with plastic. Uh, no, no, not worth it. Yeah. Not worth it. Yeah. Uh, Drew, I, did, I, don't, yeah. I don't know if I didn't hear or didn't ask. Um, how many square feet is your home? So 20, uh, shade under 2,500. Okay. Is that a single level or a two story? Yes, it's a single level on a zero lot line. Nice. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, twenty five hundred square feet on one level is that's a nice that's a very spacious home. That's good. We're mm-hmm. pumped. We're definitely yeah. excited about that. The one I guess you asked on things that were non negotiable. For me, the square footage was a non negotiable. You can't change your neighborhood. You can't change your square footage, and in most cases, you can't change your school district. We're kind of in a weird right. spot where we can, but we kind of got the two places of the two things that were, were non-negotiable. Yeah. Well, yeah, because yeah. space can hold value, right? Yeah. 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 Well, congratulations. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a big win. Um, yeah. So, so one thing quickly, uh, yeah. you, you, you'd mentioned, uh, now you had some friends cause you said, well, you mm. think, you think my situation was tough. <laughs> Tell us about your friends uh, that just went through a similar process, just on an elevated scale. Mm-hmm. So we have a couple of friends that lived in the Dallas area for a while and recently in March moved to Seattle, were living in a town home and decided, hey, we're going to be here for a little while and went ahead and said, yeah, we're going to go ahead and pursue uh, pursue buying a home. And so you know, we've talked about the housing market. I've learned quite a bit about the rental market right now and the rental market, people are offering above list rental. 
I mean, that's, it's not uncommon. It's happening all over the place. And sure. so they were just kind of looking at their townhome rental costs and figured if we're going to be here two to three years, you know, let's find something that we can choose the crazy part. Their goal was to find something that they could still add some value to, which is a really smart move. And we had some similar thoughts on our own, but, um, you know, that was kind of part of their requirements. So they actually just bought and closed on a house that's 2000 square feet in a really cool neighborhood. And it has a view overlooking a lake and, uh, it listed at 950 and they offered 20% over. Yeah. 20% over. So you said it was an additional, what, 230,000? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. Cardin. I, I can't. I can't. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and offer another house on top of this house. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yes. Literally, uh, that's, yeah. You just, they just offered my house on top of their one. There you go. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? Yes. And they're, yes. and they're not, and they had already lost four other bids. Like, it's, they had lost four other bids. And that so was the one that they, yeah, they're just like screw it, man. We're, we we got to we got to get serious about this. We're all in. Yeah, and so they actually, uh, my buddy, he explained to me how their bidding process works, and it works differently than ours does here in Texas. So in in Texas right now, the process is best offer, put it down, and we'll decide. Apparently in Seattle, or at least in their area of Seattle it's actually like an eBay style auction bid. Oh gosh. You're yeah. <laughs> but, but here's the deal. It actually works out better than oh, it man. sounds. And so for them, they actually have like a, um, I'm trying to get the term. So the house list for nine fifty, and then they would say something like, well, the max we'll go to is 1.1 million. And then our, our jump increment would be, let's just say for grins and giggles, $10,000. And so what happens is if there were five bids and we'll just use easier numbers, let's say it's a million dollar home. There's five bids. Uh, every bidder has a different jump amount, a jump amount, and every bidder has a different max. And so you end up, they, you know, our friends may say we can do 1.2, but the maxes may only take them up to 1.1. In which case they would pay 1.1 plus their jump amount. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yes, it does. Yeah. So they can offer. I mean, they can have a, it yeah. does not make any sense. That, I mean, it, you know, it's <laughs> bonkers. It's absolute craziness. But yes, it's, the process makes sense. That that yeah. is, uh, is, is so. Is that their answer then? To, they're not writing letters. I'm assuming. Oh no, they wrote letters too. Oh, and they did. Yeah, oh, they wrote no. four letters. They did the same thing we did. I mean, they were doing oh, market no, research. Man. They were figuring out oh, who the people were, crazy. and they, we were. I mean, we were laughing because we we're sitting here, and he's talking about how like they. Uh, he said we basically became different people based on whoever was selling the house. Like right, right. if these folks like you know beer in a ball game, like. That was something that we put in our yeah. letter of something that we like to do. And so uh, uh, yeah. we were just cracking yeah. up 
Yeah. Because uh, how could you not? It's no, you're, you're I mean, forced yeah. into that. You know what I mean? If you want to win and you're looking, I mean, I mean, again, the lottery, uh, you got, you got to <laughs> play the odds, right? Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> that's oh crazy. my gosh. Yeah. Well, you just, yeah, you become a chameleon, you know, yeah, you, you, exactly. you try to change your colors to, to fit the, the narrative that you're, yeah, that's, that is, that's wild. It's, uh, you're it's tired, insane. but you're glad you're done. That's, that's a great way to say it. <laughs> Yes. I'll probably like if we ever did a follow up, I'd probably be way more excited a couple of months from now. That's my guess. When you're in the space yeah. and you're there. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. Certainly. certainly. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, home ownership and, and Nikki and I have had, um, I don't know, we, we, we've had quite a few. Um, and some were, I, I, I've always appreciated the um, investment value, even when the market wasn't crazy. I, I never liked to rent. And, yeah. and I will tell people yeah. rent does have its advantages. It's a strategic option, right? Sometimes you don't want to buy and, it, and buying isn't the best option. And people always say, well, you're just throwing your money with rent, throwing away your money with rent. And you're not, it, it gives you a place to live. Mm-hmm. And it also gives you the ability to move quickly. I mean, there, yeah, there yeah, are advantages to renting. Certainly. Yeah, right. But as soon as you you realize that either A, you're going to be there for quite a while or in what happened to us actually two different times is we saw we saw value in houses we just couldn't say no to, especially mm. me. It wasn't it wasn't I can't blame Nikki for that one. It was mostly <laughs> me. I'm like, God, you see that house? You go, we can make some money on that. You know, I mean, it's a good yeah. investment. And and it, and they always worked out well because real estate is mm. just one of those things. You know, it just if you if you you know, there's a saying that says, well bought is well sold, right? Mm. You, you, mm. you don't, you don't necessarily make money when you, when you sell something, you make it when you buy it. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, you told me Drew, also drew that you and your <laughs> wife had talked about that. You knew in the neighborhood you were in, you're going to appreciate your, regardless of what you paid for the home, it's going to appreciate. Yeah. We did research on, or I guess I did research on, just that area specifically. And so North Texas is apparently the fastest growing job market in the U S and most of that fast growing or most of that fast growth is happening North of Dallas proper. And so Richardson is in that sweet spot where it's completely built out, fully established. And it is in that sweet, you know, high growth, high job growth, spot. And so it's kind of another reason I just felt like, all right, yes, it's crazy. No one's, you know, patting me on the back for paying 20% over asking, but you know, if we're here for three to five years or five to seven years, like I'm not worried about whether we're going to get our money back. And to your point, renting is a strategic decision. And as soon as Beth and I got to the point where we said, yeah, I think we're going to be here for a second. I'd rather not spend $25,000 in rent. Certainly. Uh, Yeah. For sure. You know, that, yeah. that decision got, got a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, yeah. Well, oh, go ahead, Carton. No, I was just going to say, and you, you don't have the, the opportunity if you're motivated to do any sweat equity, which is, you know, in, in a rental, you kind of look around and things and go, eh. You yeah. know what I mean? But when you get into a situation where you go, well, we can do the, well, right away, you're already doing it. You're scraping the mm-hmm. ceilings, doing paint yep. and all those types of things. You're all, yeah. already investing right back mm-hmm. into it. Yeah. Which, you, you know, <laughs> is great. Yeah. Well, that's our, that's our topic for next week. Yep. Uh, we're going to talk about the, the remodel. We, we talked about new home construction and, and Cardin and I have, you know, a, a good story to tell because that's actually how this podcast really, uh-huh. you know, came into fruition was, 
I was helping Cardin on a remodel on his house. And, you know, <laughs> and, and, and so anyway, that's kind of where this goes the next time. Cause you know, you, you, like Cardin just said, Drew, you just purchased a home. Now you get to go in and spend more money making it the home that you want it to be. But, yeah. but it feels different. It's, it's a labor it's of pressure. Sure. Really yeah, you know, it, it's it, an investment too. I mean, you're, it, it you're, you're adding to the value of your home right away. Yeah. yeah. And you don't, you don't have to at all at once and, and stuff like sc- scraping popcorn ceilings. Yeah. It's cheap. Get it done, okay. get it done with. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I get, yeah. Get it done before you move in. That's good advice. <laughs> nice. Well, uh, okay. Boom. Hour. We're actually a little over an hour, Drew. Wow, uh, that was fast. Nice. Super fast. That's a great, great story. Well, we got to do uh, a, a monkey moment, Drew. Yeah, right. A, a right. Monkey moment. I got one for what? you. And we uh, let's you know, go. So, um, just so you're aware, and you, I'm sure you're not, but every time we have a guest on, they introduce <laughs> the monkey moment. So, um, you know, the way to introduce the monkey moment properly is your best imitation of a monkey. So, Drew, if you could please introduce the monkey moment for us. That was great. Yeah, that was great. That was great. Yeah, usually there's a lot of bantering and bartering back and forth. You just jumped right in, which I I thoroughly appreciate. Yeah, I wasn't gonna fight it. That sounds like an engineer pretending he's a monkey is what that sounds yeah, like. Yeah. Just okay. I'm gonna get this done. I'm gonna knock this down. Yeah, it's gonna I have could barter, that but one. that's not the path of least resistance. So. <laughs> it was just to make it happen. Yes. Good, uh, good okay. So good. the monkey moment question for you. We've done a lot sure. about aliens. We're kind of veering away from that, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, going back to the conversation Blair and I were we're having at the beginning of this, um, what Olympic event would you think you have the best chance to medal in? Hmm. What Olympic event do I think? Now I we're have? talking summer. We're talking winter. You can do about either. Yeah. The steam puck, as the Blair likes, the steaming puck. I think is no, what no, he I was going for. Steam kettle. <laughs> the, yeah, yeah. Oh, steam punk is a design I, I don't it. think that's an Olympic sport. <laughs> oh, just give it time. Give it time. They had three on three basketball this year. Just give it time, my friend. <laughs> so, so is this like? Is this is such the engineer in me? Uh, is this one of those? Hey, if you had made better athletic choices in your life, what sport yeah. do you think you could have meddled in? Or is no. it like? I, oh, well, then I'm probably right there with Blair. Yeah. yeah. I'm right I'm there with Blair right on the now. curling. No, 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 no. Take ath- athleticism out of it, okay? This is like the one okay. okay, let's put it this way. The one event that you would be willing to put your time and energy in to be in the best at. Let's put it that way. Javelin. Cool. Okay. That's awesome. No question. It would be the yeah. Javelin or pole vaulting. I pole vaulted in high school and it was a blast. But if I could do those two things. I mean, wow. Yeah. Hey, Drew, I vaulted in high school and college. Oh, did you really? I did. Yes. Wow. What was your PR in high school? Oh, gosh. Nothing exciting, like 12 6. I oh. was, I, I got halfway through uh, track season before I could actually join because I was finishing up my soccer season. But oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. Oops. Yeah. No, that's, that's awesome. But Javelin, you vault? What, what was your high in, in college? Uh, 15 2 in college. And, hey. but I only vaulted one year in college. Okay. Um, I went, I, it's kind of a long story, but I, I took, um, I, I took a year off. I, I was a drummer. And so yeah. I went to New York city. I graduated from high school, bought a ticket to New York city, went out there about started death, trying to get in rock bands. And then I went to California and did the same, came home, uh, finished working that year and then went to college the next year. Uh, went over to Idaho for a year for track hmm. and decided, you know what? I think I just want to get a degree. So I came back to Montana and just finished at Bozeman and did not do track down there. So, 
kind of anticlimactic, but uh, vaulting was the most sports fun I ever had. I, Why I am I not football and all that? But vaulting yeah. was a blast. It it like does not even surprise me a bit that you pole vaulted as well. <laughs> like that actually fits perfectly <laughs> with what I think of your mo as. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's... my my nickname is Kazi, and that's how it started because I crashed a lot. <laughs> I, I, I will never have... forget busting a pole and the way my hands felt afterwards. Oh, oh, uh, yeah. It's, fiberglass, uh, I, not a fun. I, I gotta admit, you guys are insane. Spot. Nothing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There is no part of me that would that somebody be like, "Hey, you see that thing over there? Pick that up and see if you can flick yourself over the top of that other pole." No, no, never. Absolutely never. Flick. I'm not doing it. Flick. That's that's a good hilarious. Well, I uh, I have a bald spot on the back of my head where the hair never regrew because we were vaulting inside on a basketball oh. court. Oh. And my coach said, okay, we're done for the night. And he left, and I was in there with some other guys. And I go, well, I'm going to try one more. Yeah. Vaulted up. Uh, it was at 11-something. And I got my feet caught up on the standard. And Ooh. usually the bar would just come yeah. off and come on the pit. The standards collapsed. I went backwards, landed on my head on a gym floor. Oh. They, they thought I was out. Uh, I was concussed, and they thought I broke my neck. I couldn't feel my legs for a couple of minutes. And so, yeah, we're all laying there. I wake up, and all these people are standing around me, and this coach is like, okay, now squeeze my hand, squeeze my hand. And I couldn't at first. And then gradually this warm, fuzzy feeling came back, and my nerves – yeah, I know. It's very, very scary. But – Anyway, so yeah, the the nickname Kazi um, came up and it kind of stuck, and so yeah. Jeez. And yeah, I, you've convinced I, me. You convinced me, Blair. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna take it up in the latter half of my life. Pole vaulting. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, I coached pole vaulting for a lot of years, and I used my experiences as um, ways because I was an uber safe coach, and I, I made sure that my kids were, you know. Never vaulted on. I mean, I did. I made sure my kids didn't do what I did, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. right. Uh, well, well, listen. Uh, well, Drew. Hey, thank you very much for coming on um, yeah. and sharing your story. Yeah, um, thanks. And, and Beth's story as well. Um, yeah. You know, Card and I. We. You know, we just our market is competitive, but that's a whole different scale. You know, mm. I mean, because mm. what's Dallas? Uh, what's Dallas? Two million people now, or, or bigger? It's. I think it was like two, two point three last time I checked. It may be up higher now. It kind of oh. depends on where you start to cut things off from a demarcation standpoint. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Dallas property's about two point three. Yeah, we we we're still about what, Cardin? A million people in the whole state? In the whole state, we just wow. surpassed that. I think like seven years ago. Yeah, yeah. So we're yeah we don't we don't have quite that. Bit of a pressure. different market, I would say. Just a little, just a little, <laughs> but, but still, but still competitive is competitive. I mean, yeah, you know, right. in, in, in Helena Garden where you're at, it's, it's, it's crazy. Both actually yeah. Bozeman, Bozeman's crazy. you know what, Drew, I, I would guess statistically Bozeman, Montana is probably more costly than Dallas overall. I actually believe that. It, it, I mean, it's it's this outlier in Montana. It's certainly not representative of typical Montana, but because sure. of the money that's coming in there and it's this posh place now, um, yeah, it's insane. It's yep. it really Dang. is nuts. So that's why Cardin and I don't live there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
Yes. <laughs> we live a long way from Bozeman, but uh, well, listen, okay. So, so uh, Drew, thanks again. And Carden, um, will next week we will get to talk about Carden's remodel and just remodeling in general. Yep. Um, a, a great way to add value to your, to your homes. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about, you know, kind of the, from a, from a contractor standpoint, you know, money better spent than others and stuff. And, and because uh, you know that's kind of like new construction too. You can you if you go into it with a little thought, you can save a lot of money. And on the tail end, you can make your home worth quite a bit more too. So, so until then, Carden, that will be episode thirty-six. Alrighty, I'm excited. Crazy. Crazy. Okay, well for episode thirty-five, that's a wrap. Uh, Carden, we'll see you next week. And Drew, thanks again. All right, thanks guys. Yep, talk to you next week, Blair. (laughs) Good night, Cardinal. Good night. (laughs)